It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Good morning and welcome to any given fun day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. You are joined by three of the most handsome fellas that you may ever see. Those are the names of Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner. Now is my time to introduce in these handsome looking fellas. (laughs) And we'll start on the left side today. First off, good morning to good Kobe Brainer. Good morning, everyone. My favorite is when Kobe gives a good morning. Kobe. Top of the morning to you. There it is. And Mr. Raymond Ostrout. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Mr. A, uh, Raymond. Bumpy road <laughs> to get here this morning, but we're here. We're locked in. I'm so excited. There's a lot to talk about today. A lot going on yesterday. We're in week three. Yeah. It's week three already. I, I can't believe it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's going to get ugly. It's getting ugly. It's getting ugly. Here. Yeah. The, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the TV every time. Somebody <laughs> somebody just doesn't. I wasn't here early enough yeah. to, to combat all this. Now we got Kobe stepping in. Kobe, this... Kobe one button. And oh, he wow. Got it. Okay. That's great. Impressive um, stuff here. Just, yeah, it's a good sign to today. That's great. Uh, good morning, everybody listening, wherever you are in the Capital Region and beyond. Uh, good morning to my friends and family. And, uh, my two uh, great co-hosts here, uh, and they're friends and family, too. So uh, let's have a good show. Uh, lots and lots to talk about in the world of the NFL. We'll talk about some Yankees. Of course, Aaron Judge still chasing Roger Maris. Albert Pujols getting the job done over in L.A. Um, we'll talk about some NFL predictions this week. There's some teams that really are desperate for a win. Uh, a few of them, actually. Uh, some unlikely uh, teams. We'll say we'll talk about the New York Mets and Jacob DeGrom having a rare dud. Uh, And we'll uh, and then we'll go wherever wherever the wind blows us. Um, But uh, ESPN also um, for the NBA ranked their top 100. I don't know if you want to do that on here. Yeah, maybe um, maybe that's maybe that's a fun one. Yeah. Is there an article about that, too? Yeah, there's a top 100 for uh, send that to me. Send that to me. I'm definitely interested in that. Um, But we'll save the second hour. Uh, We'll kind of prepare you guys for NFL football, we'll talk about the Giants, the Jets, the Bills. We'll get into their predictions for this week. Talk about our pick'ems at 1145. And that will lead us right into NFL pregame here on the station. I believe the Yankees and the Red Sox play tonight. Uh, So there's going to be football. Yep, so there's going to be football here on 104.5 The Team in the afternoon. There's Robert Sala running up and down the stairs, uh, as we see on ESPN here. Uh, so that's beautiful, but um, yeah, I really, I really like this, Ray. I think, I think this is kind of where we should start, honestly. Yeah, I'm getting to. So they did it by, uh, they came out in four portions of it. Uh, they did 125, 25 to 11, 10 to six, and then five to one. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't even. I, I'll be honest with you. Top 25, I think is. What I we think do. we do top 25, and, and then we can agree, disagree, agree to disagree, whatever you want to do. Yep, I'm sending you the 10 to six right now, and I'm going five to one. Yeah, because I don't think there's not much. I don't really think we need to do a whole top 50. 
Um, no, it was just more of the guys who were kind of. Um, yeah, I think top twenty-five is a solid number. Out in the out in the twenty-five to hundred range, there's a couple guys that kind of caught my eye, and it was kind of like, wow, they're already placing some rookies, um, and they're still giving Ben Simmons a pretty good rep, even though he hasn't played in two years. Yeah, so it's just interesting to see what they go off of. I, I will say this though, I'm, I was kind of surprised. I'm not saying that maybe order wise they got it right, but I mean, if you put your top five players in the league right now, right, it would probably be the guys that they put in the top five. You can rearrange them however you'd like. But they did a pretty good job, one through five, and I would say six through ten. And yeah. at least getting the players yeah. right that are the top ten players in the league in that form, and then you can rearrange them how you'd like. So let's start with uh, start with number ten. All right. Yeah, you have it up or what? Yeah, I got Shoot it. I just lied to you. You don't have it up. I, I have do. five to one. <laughs> I have ten. Go what, ahead, is what is it, Cobe? Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker's top top ten. I mean, is the, is it a hot take for me to come on here and say that he's the best shooting guard in the NBA? Is that a hot take? Uh, Who's I think I think it's not Harden. No, it's uh, probably. I mean, what would you consider Jason Tatum? It's probably a small forward. Right? Small forward. Yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Who's better? Who's better at shooting guard than? You probably no. What's not, Paul George? Not Donovan Mitchell. Not Bradley Beal. What's Paul George? Is Paul George a shooting guard? I would no. He's I listed would call as a small. Three. He's listed yeah. as a small. He's forward a small forward. The then no, okay. Then no. Uh, who not else is DeMar. A better? No, Demar's a small forward too. Kawhi's listed as a small forward. So yeah, I mean they have James Harden listed as a point guard though. James Harden <laughs> is still not even. Even if James Harden was considered a shooting guard, I still don't think he's better than Dem Booker. No, they have him at eleven. Yeah, as a shooting guard. No, as a point guard. Really? Yeah, they have him as a point guard, and then they also have so. I'll just read the I'll read the fifteen so we can get a view, right, and a feel for who's the fifteen, the five left out of the ten who we put who they put in. I like this. NBA right off the rip. Yeah. Uh so Kawhi is at twelve. Right? Season off, coming back. This is projected for this season as well, where they will finish at the end of the year, not the best going into the season. He looks like an absolute unit. Yeah, he always has. I've, I like I said, I've always been team Kawhi. Number thirteen might get you. Because I think this is pretty high for this man. Carl Anthony Towns at number thirteen. I think he fits. Okay. 14, we got Dame. Okay, now I, now I don't know. And 15, we have Paul George. So, I guess I guess the problems with those are, like, we haven't seen any. We haven't seen Dame. We haven't seen Paul George. We haven't seen Kawhi. Like, those are all guys that can play top 10. Yeah, and like I said, this, this ESPN ranking system is going on, not going into the season. It's going off the fact of where, we, where they think they'll be. that's fair, because I feel like everybody that's in the top 10, right, is better than those guys. Yeah. Um, I think maybe maybe you can make an argument for Kawhi. Like if he comes back yeah. and he plays well, he's top and like Dame, but times have changed. Dude, Jimmy Butler's still at 17. Jimmy Butler. Don't even I, you know how I feel about Jimmy Butler. I know, but I mean 17? You think you think Cat's better than Jimmy Butler? I think Cat's got a more wide skill set, yeah, like offensively. I don't disagree with that. Like he can, he can shoot the three. He can drive. He can pass. He can. I don't know. He didn't look great in the playoffs last year either, though. No, he no. had a few duds. And Jimmy's like, Jimmy's good. Jimmy's. I don't know. It's just Jimmy. Jimmy can't shoot the three, and that's the problem. That's why people don't give him the the respect that he that he wants. It's yeah. because he can't shoot the three. Yeah, you got to be able to shoot the three if you're a shooter. <sighs> you can't shoot the three. Right, I I, Carl, I, I see where you're coming can from. Shoot the three better, or if you can't shoot the three, right, like Giannis, right, then you have to be a guy that then, can just wham on everybody, and he can't do that either. 
he can play good defense and he can and he can shoot he a good mid range. Mid, he is a mid range bucket getter. He really is. But he's not even the best mid range shooter. That's Demar. No, I know that. But I mean, where would you put Demar? Demar is singularly. Where's Demar on the list? Uh, not top twenty five. Really? really? I don't think wild. so. Really? I wow. can go back and check for you, but I was up to like twenty, wow. and, he, and I still didn't see him. That's see now that's interesting to me because I if, and Co. Maybe maybe you can back me up on this, but I feel like Demar and Jimmy Butler are really similar. No, he's not in the top twenty five, dude. Wow. You have Bradley Beal at nineteen. Demar was an MVP candidate last year. Anthony Davis at twenty. See, this is why I wanted to stick in top 10, because once you go outside of it, the list gets risky, okay? You got CP3 at 21. Okay. No, that's fine. I can get behind that. Yeah. You get Jalen Brown at 22. That's fine. Bam Adebayo at 23. Whoa. Okay. That's a lot. Donovan Mitchell at 24. Okay. And Anthony Edwards at 25. That does... I don't hate that. I, I actually support that. Very early, though. Like I said, for, for Kat and Anthony Edwards right now to say that they're... Like, to say Cat's a top 15 player, so you think he's a superstar? Cat? Yeah. He's borderline. Yeah. He's, he's no, no, he's a star. I think top 10 is superstar. I think there's 10 superstars in the NBA. I think there's, there's 15. Do you think if Devin Booker went to a team by himself, he would be able to lead them to a championship? I don't think, I don't, I don't know if I'd call Devin Booker, I don't know. Devin Booker is a certified bucket getter, though. He is. He is. I give him that. But I, before I Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton became there, they the Suns were literally one of the worst teams in the league. I get it was earlier in his career, but what about the what about, what about the rest of the top ten? Nine was Ja. I did see that. Ja, see now, I don't know if I if I agree with that. I have to agree with that. This man Ja was can't shoot. The Grizzlies were better with ja, without Ja Morant last year. Ah, uh, see, I I know that argument. I'm very familiar with that one. But I know. I, I just I can't get behind that. <laughs> I, I know I I can't either, but I I can't also not ignore the fact that they were f- the records and stats show that they were. It, it's like the same. Think about this, Joe or Kobe, right? Think about how the Mavs were without Luca. I literally thought they were going to be four zero to the Jazz, right? I thought they were going to go in, play Utah, get swept four zero. Donovan Mitchell was finally going to get his reign, finally going to get a shot. They couldn't stop Jalen Brunson in that offense. Not saying he's a bad player or anything, but he's not Luka Doncic. He shouldn't be going for thirty seven against them. You get what I mean? Yeah, I do. So get it's what like you mean. the. The team mantra around them is different comparatively to, say, you take Kevin Durant out of the Nets. Say, you take even Anthony Davis or LeBron out of the Lakers, right? You see what happened last year with that. It's not all of these teams are able to fit that meld where you lose one player and you're able to, you have that good of a cohesive unit around them to still be a good team. So yeah. that's why it's like, I don't know, this Grizzlies team, I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's he, a tough I, just Grizz, I think the Grizzlies are a good team, right? That, and that's what I mean. Is like they could they could be good and contending, uh, maybe not title contending, but they could still be a playoff team without John Morant. No, I agree there, but I think John Morant will take them over the top. His playmaking ability, his explosiveness, his I guess he can just take over a game. I know that like you said the Grizzlies really don't need that all the time, but he is just a absolute nightmare on on offense for any defensive player in the league. And he can't shoot. But he don't need to. He doesn't need Who's to. That's, ra- why, that's why you have Desmond Bain. All right. Con- continuing Wait, on. What let, about me, let, me ask, let me ask him quick. Let me ask quick questions for him real quick. Yep. Paul George or John Morant? John Morant. Kawhi Leonard or um, John Morant? Don't say that, Kobe. Kawhi Leonard. Thank you. I was going to say that. Don't, don't do that. 
You already you already got scared. You scared me on the Paul George one, but that's debatable. And, and eight is where we get juicy. Like I said, there it, this this top ten is good because it's the top. I think it's the top ten players in the league. Um, Jaw's probably my only question mark. But number eight is Mr. Kevin Durant. See, now I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. No, like I said, I think it's wrong as well. But I think also he's a, he's a top ten player. Like I said, I don't think he's. Do you think he's top five? Yeah. Kevin Durant. I, he's borderline for me. Kevin Durant. Borderline is. I mean, you have to tell me who's seven, six, yeah, and five. Let's do that, and let's go. I'll th- go through all of them, and then uh, we'll yeah, kind yeah, of rank yeah, them yeah. ourselves. Okay, okay. So seven is Tatum. Six is LeBron. Five is sorry, that's a different screen. I believe five was Curry. Yep, five's Curry. Four's Embiid. Three's Luca. Two's Jokic. One is Giannis. Okay, so no, Giannis is the best player in the league. Yep. That's agreed. I, I would put, I would keep Jokic at two. I would put Steph at three. I would put Luka at four. And yeah, Luka at four and beat at five. KD at six, LeBron at seven. Okay. Tatum at eight. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I, I agree I with that. I agree with that as well. I, I don't think I'd move Luka and Steph though. I think Luka. You think Steph's number five in the league? Yeah, I mean Steph's still. I mean he's a bucket. Like there's no there's no denying Steph is a bucket. But like, yes, yeah, Steph is a product. He's also a product of the Warriors, right? Like he yeah. he 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 fits in in their defensive scheme. If you put Luca on a different team, like we all know Luca, like I, I don't know. I feel like if Luca was on the Warriors, they'd be almost even better. Like if Luca was on the Warriors, yeah, no, no. He does not fit into that scheme of passing the ball, moving the ball. I don't know. They both and can't Steve play. Kerr. They both can't play a lick of defense. So it's like no, that yeah, but like you, like the whole thing that Jason Kidd has gone around to make Luka Doncic a great player is say, hey, everybody else, we're gonna or hey, Luka, we're just gonna bring in a bunch of shooters. We're gonna clear out for you, let you do your thing, and if you don't think you can get a good shot, pass it to somebody else and give it to them. That yeah. that's their offense. Like that that would not happen in Golden State. Steve Kerr would not allow that. We even saw it with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry on the floor. They were one of the best moving the basketball teams in the NBA. That's kind of crazy to think about. The reason why I would have Luka Doncic over Steph Curry is because with respect to both guys, if I had a choice with no other all-stars on my team, Luka or Curry, I'm I'm taking Luka all day. I don't disagree with that statement, but I still don't think... I don't think either of them would be able to go somewhere by themselves with no other all-star and win a chip. I think Luka has the better better chance. But like I said, I don't see the Mavs winning a championship. And I'm a Mavs fan. In the next five, ten years, if even with, with the team that we have. Wow. I don't. I, like, I, I will still say this until Luka proves me wrong. I love the guy. I'm so happy that he's on our team. But I genuinely believe that he is the Charles Barkley of this era. And he'll just miss out on rings. I think we have to respectfully... Disagree there. I think the Mavs have a really good shot at coming out of the West. I, mean, I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but we saw what happened when they faced the Warriors and Luka got to the Western Conference Finals. He can only do so much for so many series before he gets to, you know, Thanos and the gauntlet and he has to do it for seven more games. Like, it's not possible for him. He doesn't have the stamina to go three series of backpacking a team. He doesn't. If he was LeBron James lookalike, I might be able to say, yeah, but the guy's eating cider donuts and drinking beer after games, so I can't really go there and say that. That's right? living life, though. Who is? Luca. 
I mean, I, he's just I not like, in the physical I, shape of it. Listen, I like the list. Yeah, like I said, I think top 10 is good. Like the top 10 around there is, is good. I think there's a little bit of recency bias with Kevin Durant at number eight. Um, I would have him yeah. in the top, at least the top five, maybe uh, even top six. I, I say top six. Yeah, in top six is all right. Six, I, but you could flop right now with their careers, I think you could flop Katie and LeBron. I mean, it all depends on, I mean, yeah, I guess this season, like... Let me ask you this. If LeBron was in Brooklyn, do you think he'd be doing better than he would be in L.A.? Uh, with the team that with, he has? With Kyrie? With that Brooklyn team, yes. If, uh, if if Durant and LeBron swap places, don't you think that the roles would be switched, right? I still think the Lakers wouldn't be that good. That That's what I'm saying. I think, so the, that's I why think I, the Nets would be better. That's yeah. my point. Yeah, I think, like... Is at this point in their careers, I feel like you could swap them in most of their situations. But LeBron's a winner. Is KD really a winner? Really, at, at the roots, is KD a winner? Uh, no. Okay, there we go. LeBron's a winner. Like, that man knows how to win. He, he and does. I would take, and I would take Ben Simmons over Westbrook. And then I would take Kyrie and LeBron over KD and that, AD. That might be the toughest statement you've ever said. Just because I don't, I don't know if I can agree or disagree with oh, that. I would, I would definitely take Ben Simmons, yeah. I just haven't seen him play in two years, so I don't know what to expect. Ben Simmons is a bully still. Like, he's still like a guy. And like regardless of the situation, because like yeah, he is a, a behemoth of a point guard that like can just bully the other point guards. But yeah, like he can. And he can still lock you up. Westbrook's not like a defensive you know, prowl. You know, he's not, he's not, it's not, you know, Russell Beverly out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think that Patrick Westbrook. You want, you want to go out there and you want to say like, oh, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Well, Westbrook showed us that last year. So what's the difference? They're both good playmakers. They both yeah, can but, get to the rim. But I would say that Ben Simmons can limit his turnovers way more than Westbrook. Westbrook just gets like on a rampage, bro. And he just, and next thing you know, like you'll have 10 possessions and I'll have three turnovers. So let me say this, though. I really don't think turnovers is that big of a stat in the NBA. Really? Magic, Lost possessions? Magic Johnson averaged like four and a half turnovers throughout his career. No one talks about that, do they? Different nope. situation. But different only in the fact that... Because he's a good player? No, he's no, one no. of the best of all time? No, because Magic Johnson was the leader of the Lakers. Like, Russell Westbrook wasn't the leader, so... So if LeBron Magic had the most had, turnovers, he would be fine? If LeBron had more turnovers, yes, it's acceptable, and he has done that before, like, in Cleveland. Yeah. But because... But because LeBron's the focal point of the offense. Magic was the focal point of the offense. Westbrook wasn't the focal point of the offense. So, like, when he got his limited opportunities, he still did way more... He still caused way more turnovers, you know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. Like, like, Westbrook doesn't doesn't get the opportunity that Magic Magic got when he was on the Lakers. No, like yeah. if, if Westbrook, when Westbrook was on the Thunder and he did that, it was acceptable because he was the focal point of that Thunder team like when Kevin Durant left. But now that he is like the third or fourth guy and he's still causing that many turnovers, it's like, bro, we don't give you that many opportunities. And then when we do give you those opportunities, you go and mess them up. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't think that... I, I, I agree with your point. I just also don't think, though... That turnovers are that crazy of a stat. I don't know. I, I feel like they, they pile that, up. Because they do. Yes, they, they 100% do. But I feel like just the way that the NBA plays, man, it's more of the fact of no matter who you put out there, they're going to have turnovers and you're going to have 20 to 30 a, a game at this point in the NBA. Or I mean, there's some games where they have where you're like, okay, they have a smooth game and it was 12 to 15. But how many times do we really see that? Like, it's just sloppy basketball until you get to the playoffs. I get it. Um, Let's go to break, and when we come back, I want to talk about the New York Mets, and specifically, Mr. Jacob deGrom. Man has kryptonite, and it's not really who you think it would be. I think it's that team out in Oakland, but uh, 
It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrand, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. What you need to do is be thankful for the life you got, you know what I'm saying? Stop looking at what you ain't got. Start being thankful for what you do got. Let's get to him, baby girl. Hey. And welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. You are joined by Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner. Getting you ready for week three of the NFL season. Catching you up on everything with the Yankees and the Mets. Getting you ready for the NBA season and uh, everything in between. Uh, So, there was a pitcher by the name of Jacob deGrom yesterday for the New York Mets. uh, And he pitched against the Oakland Athletics. And there was a uh, story out here from the New York Post that I was reading this morning. And it said, the Mets expected... Jacob DeGrom on Saturday, but somehow got saddled with Jake from State Farm. That's foul. That is pretty foul. That is foul. But if you're a Mets fan uh, and you were watching the game yesterday, you watched your ace, who I said the other day on social media for gajillions of people to see that he's the best pitcher in baseball. And then he got hit. And he got hit hard by the athletics. Look, we can sit here and overreact to it, right? We can. Jacob DeGrom didn't look right from the jump. They talked about it on the broadcast, and I was sitting there looking. And, and his body language, once he didn't get that call in the first first inning to kind of minimize the damage, really caused an outbreak with DeGrom in the way that his body language was just bad throughout the rest of the game he, when he was missing pitches. And they were talking about it, right? DeGrom usually sits in, like, one pocket. For, for when he pitches, whether it's to righties or lefties, and, and kind of sits in that range of when he pitches and when he's his most dominant. And yesterday he was all, a little bit all over the place, get, not not really finishing his pitches. Um, his slider wasn't moving as much as it usually does. His fastball seemed a little bit flat, and things just seemed off. But this is the first time in his career that he's given up four runs in an inning. <laughs> Did Gary, you just wow. hear that? Garrett Cole does that. Like he's, like 30, he's like 32. So... You know what I mean? I, I, I get it was against the A's. 34. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. For, thank you. Um, I get it was against the A's, man, but they just jumped on him while he was down. I mean, he was struggling to locate his pitches. He was hanging sliders. He was throwing fastballs first pitch right down the middle. I mean, and they jumped on him. That that was really all it was. And, you know, it shows that the guy is human. You know, my I thought posi- he was an alien until yesterday. You know, my positive take of it is, though, is that even though he got nuked, which happens, he didn't. He he didn't give the uh, the prototypical uh, MLB pitcher. Oh, um, yeah, my shoulders hurting a little bit. Or like, no, you know, call out the he had co- a bad day. Call out the pitching coach and say, hey, something doesn't feel right because you know that's how it goes, right? Something goes wrong and you're a good pitcher. Oh, what's going on here? You know, like they, you know, they come out and they like check their hand and everything, and they're like, oh, you know, check your vein and your bicep. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> like, you know, so. I think that's the only good thing. Like I, 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 res- I respect that Degrom doesn't cake it and be like, "Oh, you know my, you know, elbows not feeling uh, it today." Ah, uh, 
you know, my left toe, I stubbed my left toe walking on the mound in the third. Yeah, my you know? nail on my on my pinky is uh, a little bit off today. Right, yeah, so I can't throw my slider uh, with... It's only seven inches instead of nine. Yeah, yeah, you can't throw 42 feet of break. <laughs> it's only 41. Uh, but no, no, I, I just wanted to mention, I mean, it was just a, it was a surprise. It's, like, any time, you know, it's like one of those things where it just catches you off guard. And you're like, wait, what? How do you do that? Like, how'd that, how'd that literally just happen? It's like the fact now that every time we see Aaron Judge go to the plate, we expect him to hit a home run. Like, anything less is not okay, right? That's what that's what it is. When they put him up on the screen, everybody's like, okay, he's got to hit a home run here. It's like... No. Do you know how realistic that is? Yeah. <laughs> he's got 19 at-bats, and they've acted like he's hitting zero the whole season. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. Everything is so... Just over the top for me. It's too much. It's way, way too much. Like, I know, obviously, it worked out to the fact of Pools having 700 on Apple TV, and they weren't able to have it up, but... Um, oh, you were waiting to get that one in there. I needed to. I needed to. Well, let's do that then. Let's go. Let's go to break because that was a quick little segment. We'll get back on time here. We'll take a break and we come back and we'll talk about that a little bit, right? I know it's bothering you, so we'll talk about it. How about a little uh, Apple TV conversation when we come back? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all the all the platforms and and uh, you know the effect that it may have on the uh, on the listeners and the viewers and, and the community. Uh, so it's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Comey Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. And I know she'll be the death of me. At least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young. This I know. This I know. She told me don't worry about it. She told me don't worry. And welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. And uh, we were we were set to talk about Ray. Something that's really been getting you a little angry. And, hey, listen, it's gotten, I think, everybody a little angry. And uh, I'll, I'll throw my two cents, cents in on this as well. Uh, but I'll let you start with this one, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the point of that we, we started with um, at the beginning of the year with the MLB. And we started talking about how Apple TV's come in. Um, now you even look at Amazon Prime, Prime for, for Thursday Night Football and, and just all the stuff going on. Um, that's causing other people not to be able to watch these games and you have to buy all these streaming platforms just for one night of the week and to watch your favorite team sometimes. And then you also look at the fact of the most recent thing was the thing that are, or that aggravated me the most, right? The Albert Pujols, six ninety nine. Obviously, it happened in the same game, which nobody expected. I get that. But six ninety nine and 700, I mean, we weren't even tracking this to begin with. It felt like, and it almost felt like Pool host was being overlooked, and then once it did happen, it was kind of like, oh, my God, that's awesome. But now it's just kind of it's blown over, and it seems like it's just a thing of a past where, you know, this is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. One of the greatest hitters, at least, of all time, in my opinion. And no, one, of, one of the greatest baseball players. Yeah, he's up there. So Hitting has a lot to do with it. Hitting has a lot to do with it. Um, but I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer. He's looked up to by so many players. You see, you know, even in L.A., right? I know he played there, but a standing ovation— for him and no one's even really able to to look at it. 
you know. Um, I think even being two home runs from that was just a mistake on the MLB's part. And the fact that even when the Yankees were playing on Apple TV, right, because every other game, if you haven't noticed or you haven't been watching ESPN or ABC when the Yankees are playing, judges at bats are live and they split box it on the screen, which to me is just a little bit wild, right? I mean, I get I get he's trying to break history, this and that, but um, so is Albert Pujols. And not many people were able to do what he did. And I feel like they kind of undersold it a little bit. They're overselling Judge. I get he's one of the better players in the MLB, if not one of the best hitters, if not the best player right now in the MLB. But to to need Apple TV, Peacock, Amazon, all these other things. I mean, I'm paying $90 a month to have 10 streaming services, and then one will come out within the next month, and I'll need to go buy that to watch more MLB games. It's like, you already have taken away this season games on ESPN, ABC, Fox, and TBS. There's basically no baseball games when you look at the schedule or the slate every single night. And it's just like, you want to say that it's a dying sport and, and the fans to come out and say it's not, then let us watch it. Put it on something. I don't care what it is, but there shouldn't be zero games on TV besides the Yankees and Mets and for people in New York uh, every single night, like, and just once a week on ESPN. It doesn't make any sense to me, and it just really aggravates me that now we're starting to get into it to football, and obviously I get red zone is something that will probably always be around, but how long until money money is just grabbing everybody? We've already started to see it with announcers. We've already started to see it with broadcasting groups going to specific platforms now that we have to wait to watch one time a week. And, like, we got Kirk Herbstreit doing Thursday Night Football. I'm, I'm just so lost in what's going on and where where everything is going, and it just worries me to the fact that you're going to have to own 25 cabling th- or 25 platforms in five years to be able to watch every single thing that you want. All right. So you said a lot. Let me, let me break it down. So first and foremost, how about a, how about an old fun day round of applause for Mr. Pugils? Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. That's, that's just awesome. That's great. Love right. That guy. Now I just want a little tidbit off that. They show David Rob or Dave Roberts on uh, the coaching bench. And when Pools hit it, he's like, yeah. And then he realized he's not on this team. And then he kind of slumped in his chair a little bit. But yeah, anyways. but you just want to cheer for him. Oh, I mean, absolutely. No matter what. So, that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> right. They don't, they don't care. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this too, Ray. Right? I think at six six ninety seven, right? You, it was the number. Where it was like, okay, you got you to gotta be precautionary with every at-bat that you see from Pujols now. Like it needs to be... Five, I mean, five... Yeah, yeah, like three, three to five. Three home runs. You're not hitting three in a game, right? You can hit two in a game. Two in a game happens often. Uh, three in a game happens once or twice a year. Yeah. Okay? So, and, and like, I just... I, maybe I'm crazy, but I think 697, right? But that was that. I do think that it's, it's a ridiculous thing, uh, but... I can relate to it more. Like I can bring more to the conversation by relating it to Aaron judge and we'll get an Aaron judge and the Yankees in the next uh, segment as well. But there's certain things, Ray, too, um, that kind of goes, get swept under the, the radar. And it's something that I wanted to bring attention to. But if you're a Yankees fan and you're listening to this show, you know that the yes broadcast is Michael K, right? Like Michael K is the face of the Yankees the voice of the Yankees when it comes to the television, right? Um, So I guess what I want to say is 
and maybe maybe I'm just maybe this is just me because I grew up watching watching yes with Michael K. But like I I think Michael K. should be on that call. And there was there was a chance there's an opportunity that on Friday night right it was the prime game or it was Apple TV mm-hmm. that you couldn't that Michael K. wouldn't get to have the call of Aaron Judge's breaking you know record breaking home run right the tie or the go ahead. And to me, it's like. Maybe this is crazy, but maybe me and you could relate to this. But like one day, maybe I would hope that if I was the voice of the New York Yankees, that because you, you you go to the job every day and you love it, but then it's it's those moments that make the whole journey worth it, right? Like it, when we interview a certain guy, it's like that's that's worth it. When you get to when you're the voice of the Yankees, yes, you get to call the Yankees every day, but you build to those career moments of yo, I wanted to hear Michael Kay. Like that's what I want. I want to hear Michael K call Judge's sixty-second home run if he gets there. I want to hear Michael K call the tying one of like you know what I mean. Like you're gonna give it to some, and then this isn't to discredit the Apple TV broadcast because they're good too. But they're, it's not Michael K. It's not. And like he was the guy that called Judge Judge's first sixty home runs or fifty-five if there was home runs on other streaming platforms. But you know what I mean. Like he's he's built up to this moment. Now give this guy this moment. But to get back to you, that was just the side point that I wanted to make on the whole thing. But yeah, the streaming platforms are, are they're ridiculous. There was there's a chance there there was a I mean it, we're in New York so it's different. But like I feel like we should have had that Dodgers Cardinals game yeah. on ESPN or Makes on sense. ESPN too. Or on the U. I don't care, man. Like we think about it, bro. Think about when, I just remember when I was growing up, right? I would come home from school. I don't care what day of the week it was. Every other week was, every week was different in the MLB. You could turn on ESPN 7 to 8 o'clock at night, pretty much any day of the week. It would be Monday night baseball, Tuesday night baseball, Wednesday night baseball, Thursday night baseball, and Friday night baseball. There wasn't, oh, let's wait till Sunday and just do one day of, of doing the best game or bringing the people that we want to do. It was literally every weekend you would have probably like a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday game, a Tuesday, Friday game. Like you'd have at least two to three games a week on ESPN every week. And it was something I would look at, I looked forward to. Now every time when I go and look on ESPN to see who's playing, I can't even watch anybody unless I pay $40 to get the thing on uh, Amazon for MLB TV. It's like I get, I get we want to get somewhere with it and everything is about money. I completely understand that. But how much does it hurt you to throw on one to two games? I don't care if it's the Pirates and the Reds. I just want to watch some baseball. And I feel like I have to go through loops and I got to pay $600 a month more than my car payment to watch MLB baseball games at this point. And that's my biggest thing. And I feel like the NFL is starting to get there. Obviously, like I said, red zone is probably, if you have that, you, you shouldn't be worried. But if you're, if you're a guy who every week doesn't have red zone, and watches CBS and Fox still and waits for the NBC games. Uh wait, because those are probably coming coming next. Yeah, it's 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 a strange it's a strange platform, but I I, I do I, I think it's 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 a fair conversation to just voice your opinion on the situation and say like it's it's getting ridiculous. It is. It's getting ridiculous. Dude, we went to how about this? We go to Thursday, or on Thursday, we go to um Tipsy Moose, and my sister's having to stream it off of her phone to the TV. Because yeah. think about last year, all these all these restaurants, right? Just last year, because they moved it to um, what was it, NFL Network? Yep. They just moved it to NFL Network, so now all these restaurants are going around buying whatever um, TV service or whatever package, package they need. Yeah. 
thank you, uh, whatever package they need to get NFL Network. And a year later, you're going and throwing something else at them. And now half the places probably don't even know that, like, unless people come in, they're like, hey, why don't you have the game on? They're like, well, what channel is it on? They're like, Amazon Prime. Like, well, not every bar has uh, smart TVs all over the place that's able to stream it everywhere, right? You know what I mean? I don't even know how Hooters had it on. It's pretty much all their TVs. It's just getting getting a little out of hand. Um, But, you know, I I do have faith in, in humanity. And we'll figure out we'll figure out something in the middle. I think, I, I think it just right now is the rise of streaming platforms like hardcore. I just don't think it stopped. Like, I genuinely don't think we'll have cable in five years. Maybe I, 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 I think five, maybe yeah. five to ten. But I, I mean, fair. a little tidbit that I'm looking at as far as when we talk about football is the Direct TV NFL Sunday ticket. Their contract is expiring after this year. I think it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, I like Red Zone a lot, but for people that truly enjoy watching a game from minute one to the end of the fourth quarter or into overtime, I think it's going to be interesting to see who gets that, the rights to that. Well, you- I, I'd love to say that Apple TV, Amazon, and even uh, NFL Network will all get that the rights to that, but I think that it's going to go to one of them, and we're going to have to pay however much just for Apple TV or whatever, but that's a little bit more, I guess, accessible because not a lot of people have direct TV. So that's actually a good thing in my opinion, but I do agree with uh, most of what you're saying. I, I guess, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's rough, but you that's have Apple but, TV though. I don't have Apple TV. Nobody has Apple but TV. That's, that's something. My, that's my point. But I, I would get that for, uh, the Sunday ticket, like I have MLB. Yeah, uh, just, but as well. and that was my exception is Red Zone and like Sunday ticket is because like I pay extra for I'm okay with paying around the year more for for something through Verizon. All right, quick question: Red Zone or Sunday ticket? I mean, I've never watched Sunday ticket, so I'm kind of biased to that. Fair enough. So, so I'll explain the difference. Sunday ticket is you just have every game that you could possibly want, right, on demand. Right. So, so like, you have to you manually flip yourselves through it. Yeah, you yep. watch you watch the games. Yeah, I'm good. Besides, yeah. this, see, but you, th- so you like the action. You just like seeing the scoring plays and the big plays. Not even that. I don't want to have to flip through every single game myself. Well, you can unless you can, my team is on. You that's can the only split time. up screens though. Like you can do like two How games many? on one screen. There's uh, like eight. You can. Oh, you can do what is it? The Octobox? Yeah, well, yeah. It's basically the Octobox. Now you got my attention. But yeah, all the games are just kind of playing. Like it'll um, show. It'll show you. But where you're they watching. Are in the you're field. watching the whole game. You right. know what I mean, you don't. You don't get to just see the the cream of the crop. Thirty five yard uh, touchdown pass. I do kind of like that in the sense of it's the more exciting part. Like I don't mind missing the you know two yard runs or the six yard loss or whatever. Like I, I get why you would want to be an old fashioned person and watch and just watch games straight to the end for your favorite team. But for random teams, I don't really care. Most of the time, I'm looking for my fantasy team. To watch those other that's games. Fair. That's fair. No, so that's fair. For, for for that purpose, for me, I would personally rather have Red Zone. And also the fact that I'm, I assume DirecTV is probably uh, no commercials as well. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Y- you just uh, like, it's like bang, bang, bang. And it's Yeah, you like that. There. No, that's your thing. See, I I just, I don't, I, the only thing I don't like about Red Zone is like, if I want to watch the Colts and the Chiefs today, I want to watch the Colts and the Chiefs. You know what I mean? And then, like, I can just throw on Fox probably and do that. Well, if they're not on national TV, okay. I want to okay, watch. Fair. I want to watch the Ravens and whoever you know, whoever yeah, they're I, playing. I get what right? you mean. The yeah. Patriots, and you're like, oh well, I can't. See now with the ticket, you can do that. 
But if it, if you watch red zone, you can't do that. You have to wait until they score, or there's a or there's a big throw or a big run from Lamar, and then they'll show that. And that's kind of that's the give and take. I guess, yeah, right? I guess I guess my thing with that is is like, so today, right? Obviously, Brady's, Brady's playing Rodgers. You know, what if the game's three three again? Like you want you want to watch that whole thing three three? That that's my only thing of it is if there is a game that you pick that is bad, it's like okay, well at least I got eight other games that I could possibly you know, that are going to come on the screen and I'm going to be able to see every live action play. And I don't think it is just, it's not always just, you know, big plays, 50 yard, whatever the case is. If it is. Oh yeah. If like it's if boring. It, no, but if it's, I mean, they still show build up drives and everything like that. Like if there's a five yard first down or a first down here, or first down there, usually whatever they can get their hands on, it just depends on how many games there are and how much timetable they have pretty much. Because like, obviously if today, I believe there's nine games in the early slate or something ridiculous like that. Nine games trying to cover that with all the big plays in three or four hours, you're probably not going to see most of the drive buildups. But when you get to the four o'clock games, I think there's three or four, you're going to be able to see more of that. So it's kind of a good mix of one o'clock to four o'clock. You're just getting like everything right off the rip. And then the four o'clock, you can kind of see almost all of the game Yeah, because they don't have as much to show. Well, streaming platforms, you know, you, you can, everybody can have their own opinion about them, but I think that's ours. I just hope uh, they don't take everything over. Yeah. Uh, let's go to break. When we come back, talk some New York Yankees before we get into football. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Breckner here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. You don't know how you met me, you don't know why You can't turn around and say goodbye All you It's know a big Kobe song right here I'm with you. I, I make you free And swim through your veins like a fish in the sea I'm singing, follow me <laughs> Oh man, right. welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day Here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team And the free 104.5 The Team app Time for some Yankees talk before we completely indulge ourselves in the uh, sport of the pigskin. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I'm, not, I'm not surprised with what's going on with the Yankees right now. Right, we're given a we're given a five we're on five game win streak. Uh, we're on a little bit of a surge. I like what's going on. I think we're hitting our strides at the right time. I think they needed to start to figure things out now. Uh, because they didn't have much time to to really figure things out. Um, Ray, let me ask you this, and I, we talked about it. I asked you on the phone maybe yesterday, but do you think do you think there's more pressure on Judge now to hit, to break this record than before Pujols hit 700, or you think there's less pressure? So for me, it's just kind of like. I don't feel like it's really getting to him at this point. Boone's come out and said that it's not getting to him at all. But does Boone really know? Probably not. I mean, he's just going off of, you know, physical <laughs> things. Right, like I could ask you, room. hey, right, is it bothering you? But no. No. But yeah. it could be it could be eating away at you. I, I I really don't think it is. And I honestly forgot the point I made to you yesterday, but I feel like it was a good point. So um <laughs> I think I think your point was along the lines of like no. Uh because because it's just the way that I mean, it's really what you said, right? It's it, it's the pre- judge doesn't feel the pressure, like you'd see, you, he seems like a guy that kind of excels when the pressure's on him. I mean, it hasn't. 
it's not like we just started seeing the entirety of the Yankee fan base stand up for every single bat that he's been doing. I guess that's more of my point is he's been feeling this. He knows what playing in New York is like. And now he just knows that everybody's eyes are on him at all times whenever he goes to the plate. That's the real only difference. I don't know if he's thinking about that. I'm sure he knows about it. But it doesn't look like his approaches are going are, are becoming too different. I mean, I, honestly, I got shell-shocked yesterday when he looked at that strike three call on the inside corner in the first at-bat of the game against Pavetta. I don't know if you saw that. No. But he got, I mean, Pavetta came right at him. Three straight fastballs. Three straight strikes, struck him out looking on an inside corner pitch that really wasn't that far inside. So maybe he's in his own head a little bit. But like I said to you earlier, it just feels like now whenever we see him come up to bat, like even in the Yankees postgame, they're talking like, oh, he's uh, in his last 19 at bats. He hasn't hit a home run. It's like, go look at 90% of the other players and tell me when the last time they hit a home run was. I'll probably guarantee you it's more than 19. Some of them probably not, but... Like the best home run hitters in the league, and, and maybe someone got lucky the other night, but I'm sure there's been bigger skids than that. And it just seems like now the they're, the media is putting that pressure, added pressure onto it. I don't think Judge really feels it, but I think the media is making it out to be like, oh, my God, he's got to be feeling this. He's got to be feeling this because it's just it's another one of those things that to me is just it makes for a better story. Do you think that if Judge hits the record, do you think it makes him – uh, want to stay a Yankee more or not? Because like if you so so what I'm saying is like if you, you if you achieve the goal with the New York Yankees, does that make you want to be like oh man like I just did it with the Yankees this, or, and like now I don't owe them nothing anymore I'm out. This isn't the goal for him. No, it's he, not. he could care less about his stats. Yeah, I love that, and, and I truly mean that. You know, what I mean, I look at Judge and I don't think he he goes up there. He wants to win. Yeah, he wants to win. Right? Yeah, he struck does. out. He struck out yesterday. What happens? Rizzo comes up, follows him up, hits a two run bomb. He's the first one out of the dugout. That's just how he is. I'm being, you know, I, I I see it with my eyes. You know what I mean? I'm not blind just because I'm a Red Sox fan. I, I try to watch baseball, like I said, with a clear mind and see everything because, you know, if I was just a Red if I was coming on here as a biased Red Sox fan, I'd look like an idiot. Right. So to, when I watch Judge, I, I do see that, that he is a good teammate. He tries to be a leader. He tries to put himself out there. Um, and, and he's trying to, I think he's learning it from Rizzo, which I think is a big help for him to try and mentor him into being, like you said, the next captain. And for me, it's just kind of like he wants to win. His ultimate goal is a World Series. And, and that, to me, is why I think that he wants to win there. Because truly, I think, would you say this is the best team that they've had? With Aaron Judge? Since Aaron Judge has been here. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I think this. No doubt. I don't know how much it's better this team close. can get fully healthy. Right? There's going to be. Well, I think we, one thing we need to cross off is there's going to be no Ben Attendee. No way. I think, if anything, he shows up in, like, mid-October. When it's just not. But, I mean, a pitching staff of Tyone having a pretty good year, Sevy, Garrett Cole, and Nestor. And Montas. I mean, he stinks. And Montas, if you want to throw him in the pen. He stinks. But, but you know whatever. what? I, you get what I'm you saying. see who's back. You see who threw an inning yesterday or two. Uh, Britain, right? Yeah. 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 What did he give up? He gave up a run, didn't he? Yeah, but he, and his, his velocity is down the pooper. Oh, yeah. He's sitting 90-92 now. Yeah. Instead of 98-100, to 100, which... It's, it's a, a lefty different. Thing. It's a lefty thing. You know what I mean? It's having another lefty in your pen. To me, it's kind of, who did I call that they were going to take out in place of him? Who was not in the pen yesterday? Did you notice? Who was it? Did you notice? I, I didn't. It was Mr. Wandy. Mr. Peralta. Was not in the pen yesterday because of Zach Britton being back. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I'll let you, uh, I've been talking a lot about the Yankees, so I'll let you take it from here. Oh, man. 
I like Wandy, man. I do too. That's we've why I'm put, saying it. We've had to put Wandy in some of the stickiest situations this season. I can vividly remember probably two or three games this year where he came in bases loaded, where somebody just didn't do their job. And then Wand- they called on Wandy, and they're like, Wandy, come on. Come on, we need you. And Wandy just just trots out there, does his thing, and just remains unfazed. Like, that guy that guy doesn't let the pressure get to him. He just pitches. But he almost he almost rises to the occasion. So I guess now it's like the trial period for Britain. If Britain stinks, I mean, it's not like you're you're losing a piece because you just bring back up Wandy and you know what Wandy's done all year. If if Britain is good and he outplays any of our bullpen guys, well, guess what? There's a spot for you. But like, I feel like it's just a trial period, right? Right? Like, all right, what do you what are you losing if Britain sucks? Nothing, because you're just keeping your bullpen. If you you gain something, no. If Britain is good. Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing you will lose is if Wandy ain't getting innings and then you throw him right back into the postseason roster and then you bring him in game one, he hasn't thrown it's you know, a week and a half because you've been training or throwing Britain in, right? Seeing if he could do what Wandy couldn't or whatever the whatever the case is, is now Wandy's cold. He hasn't pitched, who knows where he is. I mean he's probably like they probably threw him down to triple A and stuff like that, but like I said, it don't matter. Triple A, double A, single A, like, everything below major leagues is a different environment than playing in Yankee Stadium under the lights on a, in a postseason game. And no, that's fair. Nothing can tell me otherwise. So um, they better figure it out quick. There's about 10 games left in the season. I say give Britain, you know, four or five outings in a row, see how he does. And then if not, you need to bring Wandy back for the Send last five down. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, another thing, too, that I can start to see, and maybe I'm starting to feel, and maybe I'm making this up in my head, but maybe I'm, I don't think I am. But I feel like... You know, because I'm talking with, with friends now, and they'll ask me, Joey, you know, what, what's your thoughts on the Yankees right now, et cetera, yada, yada, whatever. And it's like, yo, this team has a different feeling right now because of the veterans that we brought in, right? Like, we because t- it'll start with a judge conversation. Oh, do you think he's going to resign? And then it's like, I don't know. And then they're like, oh, well, they just going to fold in the playoffs again? I don't know. But then I try and make the argument of, Hey, there is one thing that there's one single thing that's different about this postseason than the the last three or four, five postseasons. And Ray, you can agree with me on this. This isn't a hot take. This is a fair take. The Yankees have veterans now that have been there, done that. You got rid of the guys that have always been unsuccessful in the playoffs, and you now bring in guys that are that you that you brought in for the whole season just for these games, just for these moments, just for these just to to bring up the guys, right? Like Rizzo has another year of New York under his belt. You got rid you also got rid of the guys who just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. You got rid of your Gary Sanchez's. You you're probably not going to see much Aaron Hicks in the playoffs if any. Uh you got rid of Gio, who great player but couldn't get it done. Gallo's gone. Um you have Glaber still. But you know you have there's it, there's a Glaber's different roster. Hottest hitters in baseball. Yeah, yes, Glaber's absolutely. One of hitters in baseball recently. So I feel like that's the one thing that the Yankees have going for them right now is you have two guys, three three guys really that I feel like can really just change the dynamic of this Yankees team in the playoffs. And it's Rizzo, it's Josh Donaldson, huge. And then you make the argument for Trevino or Judge, right? I just feel like, Ray, 
you brought in JD and Rizzo for the playoffs. Like that's when you needed them because those guys have been there. They know what it's like. Like you and and listen, like you know, I liked Gio and I liked I liked Gary. You know, I didn't love Gary, but those guys folded in the playoffs. They couldn't get it done when they needed to get it done. Now you have guys that are like, okay, I'm on the Yankees now. A, B, I'm a veteran. Okay, C, I've been here before. D, like when the team's down, now it's my job. Like this is why they brought me in here is to stop the bleeding when the bleeding comes. Stop this when this comes. Like now it's playoff time. So I feel like that's the one thing with the Yankees this year that I can that I'm going to hold on to until I can anymore is the veteran leadership is now there. Aaron Judge isn't a, isn't a 2017 second year baseball player anymore. He's a 30 year old veteran. Uh, Glaber Torres has been up here for a few years now. He's gotten some he's gotten some run. DJ's going to be back. That's that's a, a huge vet piece. JD's going to be there. He knows what it's like to be at the hot corner in ALCS game two. You know what I mean? He knows. Rizzo's been in the World Series. He's won a World Series. So, like, I feel like we have a good combination now of you know what you're, you know, kind of what you're going to see from the Yankees as far as, like, I just, I feel like the lows can't get too low right now because we have those guys. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you on your lineup standpoint. I think your lineup is going to be completely fine this postseason. I really believe it's going to be, it's going to come down to the bullpen. Um, Give me the veteran leadership take. Was that a fair take? Oh yeah, no, like JD Rizzo. Yeah, you know, Judge is a, Judge Dude, isn't, I, a, isn't a rook anymore. Who's been, who's been back? In, I mean, I've been back in JD since he since he got signed this offseason, right? I mean, he's been a guy that I always look at and I sit there and say, okay, even if he looks bad at a few at bats, he's going to come up the next one and he's going to rip a double into the gap. Like that, that, that's just the type of guy that you want on. You would rather have him on your team going for a World Series than than facing him. I, and, and, I he's got, and he's got a great glove. I would. He still looks good at third. Oh, he looks great at third. I, I you know, so look, I, I, I feel like it. they just got have they have all the pieces right now, right? Like on as far as as far as from a lineup standpoint in, in your defense, you have you have Gold Glovers, right? You have the vets, you have the rookies, because Waldo's got Waldo's got to be in this playoff roster. He has to. He has to be. There's no way that you put him down. You can't. If you give me if you give me the option of Ben or of. Uh, it's going to be Waldo or it's going to be Hicks. I'm taking Waldo a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. Like you can't tell me he's not going to be there. Right? No. And I think a big thing that they were talking about yesterday on the, on the broadcast as well is Bader. Um, he, he's been an absolute Bader. Fine. Dude. Bader's been sick. Yeah. He's, he's been a fresh of fresh, fresh of fresh air. Breath of, what did I say? Bresh? Bresh of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. I got you. <laughs> you get what I mean. He's been, um, he's come in and he's been sick. Yeah. He's, he's been, been sick. a lot of fun to watch. He's, he's, and you saw, you saw the flash of the glove yesterday. Just having, having a guy in center field that you can trust, right? And then it allows you to put Cabrera and Judge in the outfield, JD at third, IKF at short, and Glaber at second, right? And then if you really want to, you can throw Cabrera. I mean, Cabrera, I think he's got to stay in the outfield. I think Cabrera's good wherever you put him. I do too, but I think he at his, you know, him and left is Sick. him and left, Bader in center and Judge in right is. I'll take that over a lot of outfield. Imagine if we never got rid of Gallo in the, in the outfield though, and it was Gallo, Bader, and Judge. That would have been scary. <laughs> I, I I still like what Cabrera brings. I like Cabrera too. I think he's a little bit faster. I don't think he's got hefty. He doesn't have. The arm that Gallo had. Gallo had an absolute cannon. He's still got a good arm. He's got a good arm. Yeah, he oh, doesn't yeah. have a... Yeah, I but Gallo had like a, you know, like that 
yeah, that thing had its own uh, well, license. Also, you know, right field in Yankee Stadium is like thrown from, you know, the middle infield in any other stadium. So. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Come on, I've been, good all, I've been good all segment. I had to get a little jab in there, you know what I mean? Hey, listen, you saw the throw from Judge the other night, though. That yeah, was, was an from, absolute... from middle of second base. That was an absolute... It was a good throw. Yeah. It was about 25 feet, though. It was about 99 miles an hour, though. Yeah, for 25 feet, I could do that. No, you couldn't. Yeah, I could. Back in my head, I'd be able to. My prime, which was like 19 years old. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the, the one thing that worries me about the Yankees, I think, is you talked about leadership, veteran leadership, being there, stuff like that. I feel like the the bullpen and even the starting pitching beside minus Cole hasn't been there in the playoffs, hasn't been under the bright lights, and obviously Severino um, pitching a little bit in the playoffs over the past couple seasons when he is healthy, been in big games, he's fine. Um, the ones you look at, Efros, Montas, I mean, Britton kind of has been there if he is even there. Same thing with if Chapman is there. Um, but other than that, you really look at, you know, Marinaccio, you look at Wandy, you look at Loisica, uh, he, he, he's been there a little bit as well, but there's not a lot of, I don't want to say faith, because like you look at Trevino, or, um, Lou? Yeah. Lou like, got, Lou, Lou's not looking too, too hot right now. And that's my point, is that's the one thing that scares me, is your bullpen when it comes down. I mean, we had the bases loaded yesterday. Ninth inning again. It seems like every game comes down to that, and they're getting by by the skin of their ke- teeth against the Red Sox right now. You know what I mean? Well, so that's imagine- always the Yankees Red Sox. Like that, you you got to take that into account, though. I don't disagree with that, but I also think that <laughs> we we shouldn't be staying in these games with you. I'm sorry, no, but I, I, you guys are hitting five home runs a game. We shouldn't be Tristan Casas and Reese McGuire shouldn't be uh, backing us up here. All right, those aren't the two first names that should be coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Much as I love Tristan Casas and think he's going to be great, um, but yeah, the one the one worry thing for me that is going to stop the Yankees from winning a championship, in my opinion, is the bullpen. And if that can show, if that can prove me otherwise, I think they they have just as good of a chance as anybody. Your one kryptonite is going to be the Houston Astros. Oh yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's Yankees. When we come back, let's talk some Giants and Jets football. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Oh, my gosh. Baby, let me... I did it again, so I'm gonna let the... Oh, my... Baby, let me love you down. There's so many ways to love you. I could be Usher. You, you could. I should have been. Usher Raymond. Facts. Makes too much sense. Stole it from me, even though he was born before me. Welcome back to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. Um, yeah, no, I don't think you could be Usher. Why? It's because I don't have an earring? Right. <laughs> Did that knock some sense in you and make you agree with yourself that you couldn't be Usher? What were we talking about? (laughs) Uh, Welcome back. Uh, Let's talk about the Giants and the Jets here. uh, And let's begin with the New York Jets. Uh, They have a game today against the Cincinnati Bengals. They're at home. The Jets are 1-1. The Bengals are (laughs) 0-2. And 
I believe the Bengals, Cobra, are favored by, what would you say, what were we talking about last night, like six? So they're favored by six points. Um, they started the week at um, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is it is it crazy to, to sit here and, and we group agree that, that we could take the Jets points? Oh, definitely. Um, plus and, six? Jets plus six? And you also look at it right now, the highest concentration – of the public bet is on the Bengals right now, which I can, I can see that angle. However, there's nothing that the Bengals have shown me, AKA their offensive line or just Joe Burrow's decision making decision making. And there's nothing that's going to show me that the jets won't be close. Yeah. Like where is, so so, so I look at it like this, right? The Jets' offense has shown life. Not not a lot of life, you know, from Flacco, but enough life to say I think they can compete in any football game right now. I don't think they can blow anybody out by any means, but I think that they can play to close to or just below the level of their competitor. And the Bengals are really underperforming this year. Yeah, they need a huge win. Which would, I guess, side me to say that the that the Bengals are going to win this football game. But, like, you can't tell me that they're about to go into New York and smoke them, right? I just don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe I'm completely wrong. It's so hard Maybe I'm tripping right now. Because I've been sitting here, right? And I've been defending and going with the Bengals, going with Joe Burrow. And I'm so for Joe Shiesty and what he's done with the Bengals. And I don't want to sit here and say it was a one-year thing because I truly don't believe it was. Um, but at this moment right now, I don't see why he wouldn't take the Jets with points, which to me is just absolutely absurd. Do I think that the, the – and let me say this. The Jets line on the defensive side is pretty good. Yeah. Quinn Williams, they, ha- they have a good front. And their linebackers I like as well. Um, their defense seems to be rejuvenated because of Salah. So I, I wouldn't be shocked – if this was closer, just because I feel like the Jets have been able to do that so far this year, and Wilson's starting to be a number one, and I think they'll they'll try and use um, their running back cores really well today, and they'll be able to do it. So here's here's the thing with the Bengals too, right? And me, me, Kobe, and, and our boy Ant was we were talking about this last night over a nice dinner at Chili's, um, but Chili's the home of Kobe Breckner, loves yes, that place, sir. but you look at the division, right? The AFC North, which is what the Bengals are in. And Ray, you can't you can't tell me first. Like I completely agree with your statement of if they lose this game, it's their seasons. Their their season might be over, like completely done zone. We we said that last night too. But the Steelers, look at the Steelers are always going to be nine and seven, always as long as Mike Tomlin's the head coach. They're going to be around, you know, nine and seven. Uh, they're going to be right a win above, two wins above, uh, even. They're going to be above five hundred. All right. And then you got the Browns, who have somehow went two and one. With Jacoby Brissett. Then you have the team that you think everybody's going to win the North, and that's the Ravens. And they look good. Right? They got into an absolute shootout last week with Miami. It just so happens they lost. But they could have easily been 2-0. And then you have the Bengals. So if you go down 0-3, I don't know if you can crawl your way back in. And I I'm, really don't. I'm also looking at the rest of their schedule. They have maybe two, quote-unquote, easy games the rest of the year. Like this I, is a must win for the Bengals. 100%. Must I mean, win. after this, you've, you face the Dolphins and the Ravens and the Saints. Three games after that. Then you are home against the Falcons, on the road against the Browns, home against the Panthers, 
on the road against the Steelers again, on the road against the Titans, at home against the Chiefs, home against the Browns, away the Bucks, home or on the road against the Patriots, home against the Bills, and home against the Ravens to end the season. Yeah, I mean that's not this an is easy it. This schedule. Is it. This dude. is it. Like, like this is the game you need to get started up and, and get your offense going because this is just. And that's not even me saying that the Bengals couldn't turn around and go positive this year and and, and have a good season. But I just don't know if it'll be enough to make it in. It'll be a lot harder. It'll be a lot harder at zero and three. So evidently, there's a couple of tidbits I thought were interesting on this. Always game. big on the word tidbit today. I like it. So the Super Bowl hangover is real. The oh, Bengals yeah. are just showing that. And the Rams haven't looked. No, nah, they the haven't. Looked. I mean, I, I, I should just say Stafford. Yeah, I should just say Stafford. One and one, it's not bad. I think they're all right looking. No, ahead the close to, game against the uh, Falcons last week. Yeah, that's true. But anyways, also, the Jets made that miraculous comeback last week. None other than Donald Trump called Salah after the game and comparing him to Vince Lombardi-esque. Like, that's kind of crazy. Evidently, I don't know if it was some sort of rally, but I watched the video. A joke. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, hey, if you got Donald Trump's uh, blessing, I mean, Jets could get a win this week. Oh, my God, Kobe. Are you serious? I'm serious. No, I'm dead serious. All right. Well, he's a Jets fan, so I'll give him that. But no. Is no, he? Who? No, Kobe. I'm, I'm Boy, not. You just said he's a Jets fan. Kobe's Oh. I'm a Dolphins fan. Boom. There you go. I always knew he was a fake fan. <laughs> I literally uh, always knew he was a fake fan, it. bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk here next week, and, and, the, and the Broncos are going to pull out a win, and he's going to be a Broncos fan with you, right? No. <laughs> he's going to pull up, and he's going to get Absolutely you. Absolutely not. Jimmy Go. G wins this week. I'll, I'll be on the Jimmy G right. train, he's, right? He's going to get you a He's going to get you a Jerry Judy jersey, and he's and Kobe's going to go buy himself a Russ jersey, and you guys are going to throw the football outside together. I can't wait. Ridiculous. I'm, we're moving on to the Giants. I, I would like to side with the Jets plus six in this game, but I think that I, I think the Bengals win the game. I think the Jets are with the points. Maybe an alternate spread, put them in a parlay. I think that's a that's a solid pick. Uh, but moving on to the Giants, they got the uh, Monday Night Football game against the Cowboys, and they're playing in New York. So we got the whiteout, right? So that's going to be fun. Uh, everybody's pretty high on on the Cowboys, and uh, I don't I don't I don't think I'm too high on them. I don't think like. I get it. The Giants are the most fraudulent 2-0 football team in the NFL. 100%. There may not be a more fraudulent team. However, I, I think that they're understanding, like, they have a game plan. And I don't know if Dallas has a game plan like that. Like, what can Dallas do that the Giants can't do? Right? Is that, is that a hot take? I think they have a... They have better receivers? I think they have a better defense as well. I don't know. I do. I think Micah Parsons over. Oh, Micah Parsons, awesome. Yeah. But the Giants are at home. Thibodeau comes back. The Giants are already playing solid defense. I, those are three. Those are three pieces where I'm like, yeah, this Look, is nice. I, I don't. Want, I think this is going to be a close game, regardless. I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I think you could flip a coin, and, and either pick would really suffice. To be honest with you, I look at the Giants. 
they just believe at this point. I think they've truly found a coach that they can buy into. They go into the locker room before every game, and they believe in what Dable's saying, and they believe in what his scheme is going to be against whatever team that they put out there. They don't care if the team's 15-0. They don't care if the team's 0-15. They're going out believing in the system that Dable is building there and what he is going to do. And like I said, keep running the football to Saquon Barkley. Put Daniel Jones in non-critical situations that can win or lose you the football game. And I think it'll be all right on Monday night. The We've just talked about the Bengals and how shoddy they've been this season, right? So coming off of that win, Cooper Rush looked decent. He has a good connection with uh, with Noah Brown, which if uh, you play prize picks, take him on the over today for receptions, yards, and fantasy points, I promise you. And <laughs> I truly think that the Cowboys are a decent team. Cooper Rush has shown a little bit, but I don't know. Pollard had a big week last week. Um to me, their running game isn't great, and I still think that the Giants have looked better than the Cowboys this season so far. I think having those two back, right, because you're getting uh, you're getting Thibodeau back, and then you're getting, uh, is it, oh, man, what's his name? Is it Ojolari? Yep, Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, and, and you're getting Ojolari back, and you're, get, and you're at home, and the defense has been playing crazy, and the coaches are are coming out and saying that they want this place to erupt on Monday night. I don't know. I, I think the Giants are going to win this game. I think if it was in Dallas, it would be a different story. But I think playing at home, um, we saw it last week. Like I said, the, the Giants just have to limit turnovers, and they would be like an but they okay are, football And they team. are limiting turnovers. That's the and thing. And look what's happening. They're winning yeah. close football games, right? Right, right, right? When they do turn the football over, it's when they get those blocks. It's when they get embarrassed. That's what happens. Daniel Jones doesn't turn the football over. You limit turnovers on fumbling between your running backs and your receivers. I mean, you, get, you usually have a pretty good chance to win a game, especially with a team that is probably on the same level as you right now without Dak Prescott as their quarterback. Uh, that's a good point. Kobe, right? what do you think? I, I think the Giants is, I think the Giants with the points is the play. Um, so what is the points? I'm at three points. Giants I'm are actually, favored? Yep, by three points. Oh. And that's where oh, I'm, I was going to go is I don't believe that the Giants should be favored by three points. I think it should be a pick-em type yeah, game. Yeah, I do too. Um, like a plus one. For me, it's going to be quarterback play. That's, like, if I'm just looking at one thing, that game is quarterback play. Um, it's time for Daniel Jones to, like you said, limit the turnovers, lead and game manage at the same time pretty much. And if he can outduel Cooper Rush, they can get the dub. But... I'm going to have to side with the Cowboys here. Let me, let me just follow you up on that real quick. If he can't outduel Cooper Rush, let me say that again. Cooper Rush. Okay, I'm not talking Dak Prescott. If he can't outduel him, shouldn't be a quarterback in the, in the NFL. Agreed. Uh, I would say that. I, see, I would say that. But then we just saw, we saw him beat Tannehill. Huh. Tannehill's he, a good he, quarterback. Did he beat him? He, he was a product. Of, he's a product of the team. It almost right? cost them the game. As much as he almost won it for him, right? And then, and then you saw Tannehill get blown out by the uh, Bills, and now Malik Willis was in the game. And like we like, said, the the biggest thing for me is I need to see Daniel Jones face a good football team. We haven't seen that yet. No, we. And haven't. I don't. I don't think that the Cowboys are that either. But you should at least be on the same level as what Cooper Rush is able to do. Because if Cooper Rush can come in on the Cowboys and win two football games, I mean, and you can't with the lineup that you have in New York. I don't know. I think if you put a lot of other quarterbacks on the Giants, they could be a, a lot 
lot better hopeful team than they no, are right well, now. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not. They, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, but, you know, but Daniel Jones. Would you it, rather have Cooper Rush or or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, and it's not even close. Not even close. Oh, we'll see after today, man. Kobe. That's that. Come on. No, I mean, yeah, I guess Daniel Jones. But come on, dude. It's closer than it it should be. That's foul. That's foul, man. I don't disagree, guys. That's messed up. I don't disagree. What has he given us to show us that? Two wins in a row. Oh man, that's <laughs> a low two, bar. That go, is such a low They go two bar. and fifteen. They could. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you could say that they could is the problem. I don't think they will. It's the problem though, they won't, though, because it's not a crazy take. If you put Cooper Rush on the Giants right now, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have won those two games. The Giants mm. would be one and one at best. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Saquon basically won him the first game with his tree trunk legs. Um, that was such an impressive game. La- la- yeah, Saquon last Barkley. week it was, I don't know. Last week it was really the defense and just getting stops. I mean, the Carolina Panthers couldn't do a thing inside the 30-yard line. And then they're like, hey, instead of kicking 19 field goals, we're just going to keep going for it and not getting it. All right, so what's your guys' pick for this game? Taking the Cowgirls. Just that simple. I'm not. I'm not. I know sold. where you're going. I don't know where I'm going. You know what? I'm going to do this for the Giants faithful. I, I'm 0 for two against when when picking against them. So I'm doing this for you, Giants fans. All right. I'm going with the Cowboys because every time I pick against the Giants, the Giants win. <laughs> That's good. So you're welcome. All right. Don't don't hit me up, Donato. I swear, if you're listening to this, don't hit me up and say 0 and three for Giants picks. It's your it's you doing you a favor. I'm picking the Giants. I'm picking the Giants to win this game outright, yeah. No doubt. Dude, I think the Giants are... I think they've turned a page. I think they've turned a... It's a slow turn. They believe... Hopefully it's not a preschool book. They believe, right? That, don't get me wrong. They believe. I think Kenny Galladay needs to show up this week. If not, just cut him or something. I don't know. Because he's just taking up cap space at this point. A lot uh, of cap space. A lot of cap space. So just get him off the team. If, if you can't integrate him after him saying he wants more playing time and wants the football more... Like he is that talent. He was that talented of a wide receiver two years ago with Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford hasn't like last year. He was just put in the great system. Like he can still throw the football. Don't get me wrong, and he's still up there with the mid, like a good quarterback in the NFL. So I, there's no reason to me why you can't get why you can't get Kenny Galladay involved in screens, slants, and deep balls with Daniel Jones's so-called long ball passing ability. So I think we need to see that this week as well. I don't know. I just I like the Giants, man. I well, like especially him. against like the, I, I don't like. I like Dallas's front, like front seven, but their their corners is where it worries me. So I think they need to take advantage of that because I don't know how well they'll be able to run the football against Dallas. I just Bengals th- struggled. I know their line's bad, but okay. So so recap real quick on the pick. So we have, I think the Bengals are going to win, mm-hmm. but I would take the Jets points, and then I would probably tease the Cowboys to plus points. 10. Yeah, yeah, and take the Cowboys points, but I think the Giants went outright. Okay, I think. Yeah, like I said, I went. I'm going Bengals and, and Cowboys. Kobe. For me, I'm going to take the Jets and the Cowgirls. Why? Why can't you just say Cowboys? Because He's why different. do you why do you have to be extra? What was that a tidbit? That was a little tidbit. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll come back. We'll take a break. We'll, then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills, and then we'll do our pickums, and then we will. Uh, we'll send you guys on your merry way and get you ready for uh, week three of the NFL season. So when we come back, let's discuss the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrow, and Kobe Brickner here with you on 104.5 The Team.
It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Yo, Rex Ryan looks good, man. Looks good in his old age. You know, every time I see him, I just can't help but think of the fact that he has a Mark Sanchez tattoo on him. It's pretty sick. Welcome back to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. They play at 1 p.m. in Miami against the Dolphins. The 2-0, and the 2-0 two and oh, oh, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Please don't tell me you're buying it. Please. I beg you. Now, I'm going to start off this conversation by giving my pick. And wow. then we're going to go through and see if anybody can change me. And then maybe I'll give my pick again at the end. What is, what is that? That's just a, that's just combination. Or, oh, God, I pressed the wrong button. Oh, no. Um, hopefully everything's all right. If not, whatever. I sound good. Or you sound good. Yeah. Um, I like the Bills. I still like the Bills. Even though you're facing the 2-0 Dolphins. I still like the Bills. I think it's going to be an absolute shootout, though. I see high-scoring game. Because you know the connection that the Bills have with their, well, Allen does with his receivers. And then you also know that the Bills' defensive secondary is absolutely wiped. And per Kobe, gave us a nice tidbit here, Ray. Right? Uh, so the Buffalo Bills projected starting secondary today in Miami is going to be Kair Elam, who is a rookie first-round pick. That He's going to be one of the corners. The other corner is going to be a rookie sixth-round pick, Christian Benford. And then you're going to have safety DeMar Hamlin, who's a 2021 sixth-round pick. Then you're going to have Jaquan Johnson, who's a 2019 sixth-round pick. And uh, just to make things uh, just that much more interesting, this group has made three NFL starts entering today. And now you're going to face, arguably, a top three duo of receivers in the NFL. Top three. Top five. Top two. Top two. Top two. What's the only one? Jamar and, and, and Higgins? Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Probably digs. Probably a different conversation for me. Way different conversation, yeah. But, man, you guys put Gabe Davis. Kobe, you put Gabe Davis on a pedestal, man. This man showed up one playoff game and then and then played one good game at the beginning of the season. But I'm not getting into that right now. I'm not doing it. I'm not. That's my tidbit, okay? But um, you're throwing those guys up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, two of the fastest receivers in the NFL, and... You can lay to rest anything about Tyreek Hill just being a, a fast threat, right? Just a fast guy, you know, a, a, you know, a guy that can break the top off. That dude can do it all. He's got the hands. He's got the speed. He's got the awareness. He's got the route running ability. He, he he's got the one on one. Like, what do you? What else do you need from the guy? And then you got Waddle, who's who's just taking pages out of Tyreek's book every week. And then when Tyreek's getting double covered, Waddle's flying down the fields, ready to do his thing. So take that, take that, and then there's no hide. There's no poyer. You're throwing in a bunch of rookies and, and, and 
you know, draft picks over the last couple of years. This is going to be a scary game. I had my mind made up before I got the news. Because I think that Poyer and Hyder are one of the best safety combinations in the NFL. They, they hit hard. They read routes really well. They frustrate quarterbacks. Um, this defense on the front side, I think, is going to be fine. So I think the biggest thing today has got to be getting to Tua. And honestly, it's a hard, it's a hard mix here because you could go one of two ways here. You could, you could blitz a lot, right? Put Tua under pressure and make him throw balls on the run, which we know probably wouldn't be easier for him. But then you also leaves you in one-on-one coverage, probably less zone coverage. So it's a matter of, do you give him more time for coverages to be blown or do you give him less time? with a harder throw and, and apply the pressure. I think it's a, it's going to be an interesting situation to see how the bills um, defense really does handle it today. Because you look at last week, right? A lot of it was blown coverage with the Ravens and the Ravens looked absolutely pitiful on the defensive end. And now you bring in four, basically are you everybody around besides the front seven is new. And like you said, three starts to their names. That to me is, I think the biggest question mark on, on the Bills defense, but I still think Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league, if not second. And I also think the Bills are the best team in the league by a pretty clear margin right now that they've shown me. So until they prove me otherwise, I think that I, I have to take the Bills in the situation, no matter who they have on the defensive side of the ball, because they still have Josh Allen on the other side. Um, I agree there, Ray, but also they're missing Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips. Those are two big guys down on their front four. Um, if you look at how the Bills have had their success on defense, they haven't had to blitz too much. So Yeah, I know. But now end, that's what I mean. It's like right. today, it's the, the whole scheme could be changed, and that might be a problem for the Bills' defense giving up points. I just don't think that two outduels Josh Allen. Um, for me, I'm going to have to say I'm siding with the Dolphins all the way. Um, I think you could sprinkle on their money line, um, take them to win. I think... I'm giving props to Mike McDaniels for setting that team up um, so, or similar to what Dable does for the Giants. He, it's a culture swap. Like He has rejuvenated the Dolphins system. I know that the Bills can go ahead and score with anybody, but huh, it's going to be hard for the Bills defense to Come keep on, up Kobe. with. Not, but you got to give you got to give both sides. You're saying yeah. Miami all right. the way here. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. Um, I I told you Josh Allen is great. Um, Kobe Diggs is great. What? Also, no Xavier Howard today either. No Xavier Howard. He's questionable. Okay, he's questionable. All right, that's no, up. no, no, no. It doesn't change now. Dolphins all the way. Well, no, I, I mean that changed a little bit. That's going to make it harder for Miami to um, contain Diggs. However, Gabe Davis, that's a that's good. He's expected to play today. Um, the firepower is going to be there for the Bills. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop. Kobe, Tua. they, Kobe, they took on the Rams, who just won the Super Bowl last year in L.A. when they hung up the banner and made them <clears throat> embarrassed them, embarrassed them, embarrassed that team, made them think that they shouldn't have even won the Super Bowl last year. Jalen Ramsey had like a he was he was getting targeted because he was playing so bad. They came out flat. It doesn't take too much of an analyst to know that the Super Bowl hangover is real. I I just 
I don't think we saw. Then the, the Bills took the the Titans last year who, or last week, who were the, who was the number one seed in the, in the AFC last year, and literally made Derrick Henry look like he shouldn't even be an NFL running back anymore. Um, did we not just see the Giants also beat the Titans? We're not talking about that though. Well, the Giants beat the Titans. The Bills smothered the Titans. Okay, let's let's just take it this way. So. Where do you view the Giants as a tier of a team? A, a low-tier team. Okay. So a low-tier team beat a low-tier team. A high-tier team is going to smother a low-tier team. That's just how it works, for me at least. I'm not, I'm not giving the Bills too much credit for absolutely putting the Titans into the dirt. But you're not going to give them credit for, for absolutely pile-driving the Rams? They're not, they weren't pile-driving the Rams. Bro, bro they smoked them. What was the score in the first half? It doesn't matter what the first half was. It matters what the it final was score tied. was. It was tied in the first half. What were they up? Maybe a field goal. I'm Kobe, just, Kobe I, they put 21 unanswered on them. Okay. That, I mean, that's a good run. We see the Bills make good runs. When you went to the game uh, in January, how many times they score? Seven times? Seven, seven in a row. They right. went seven for seven. That's just their identity. So, uh, But then why do you think that... With the way that even the—I mean, you could argue the fact that the Dolphins' defense played just as bad as the Ravens' defense last week, except in the second half. Kobe. I mean, they gave—it was 30—they had 35 points unanswered, and then what happened with the Ravens is, is they got complacent and weren't throwing the football as much with Lamar. So I think what he's trying to say is, is what makes you think that just—like, this defense without—or with Hoyer and Hyde and, and everybody healthy is a number one defense, Right. I don't think it's a number one defense, but they were last year's. Let me let me let me say one more thing, guys. And they added Von Miller. I want to get into picks. I want to get into our picks. Yeah, what time is it? Forty-one. So I want to we had I want to take a break and get right to picks. But I'm going to leave you with this, Kobe. Okay, the Buffalo Bills against the defending Super Bowl champion. What doesn't matter? We're going. I'm going off exactly what I know from last year. the, The most recent facts. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year, and the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. Respectively, they have put up 72 points. 72 points. And how many have they allowed? Uh, 10 against the Rams and 7 against... They are outscoring teams in the first two games, 72 to 17. 72 to 17, okay? So you do what you want with that information. I'm going to go around in a circle real quick. We're going to give our picks on this game. We're going to go to break, and then we're going to do our picks for every single game on the week three slate. So I'm going to go first. I'm picking the Buffalo Bills in a shootout, but I'm going to go with the Bills. Yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout as well. I just don't think that I, – I just can't see two out playing Josh Allen today. That's one thing that stops. It's the Bills. It's the Bills. I'm going to take the Finns here. Um, like I said – I'm looking to see whether the Finns will be able to score with the Bills. And also, are the Bills going to go ahead and wash every team? Like, are they going to be able to score 30-plus on every team? I, I think it's hard to do in the NFL to do that. Yeah, not against this defense. Guess we'll see. All right, uh, when we come back, week three, NFL Pickums. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you. On 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Here we 
go. Here we go. Week three of the NFL season. Here we go. Kobe, let's get it. I haven't even looked at the slate yet. <laughs> I'm going. I'm ready. Let's go. Lions at Vikings. Let's start off juicy. Wow. This is already oh, a good game. God. No, dude, this week, like I thought last week was hard and unpredictable. Let me tell you what. we ha- Actually, I had the, one of the worst weeks pick them of all time, but go ahead. I think... I think I'm going to go with the Vikings on a, in a close game here. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I want to go Lions so bad. But Kirk Cousins isn't playing in prime time. No, and they need a rebound and game. And they need a rebound and game. And Justin right. Jefferson will not get locked up. He will not get locked up again. No, the Lions are giving up like 26 points to opposing quarterbacks fantasy-wise. So I'm going to uh, go with the Vikings as well. I'm also going to say Vikings in a close game. Okay. All right. Ravens at Patriots. I think this isn't a close one. I think I think the Ravens are going to wipe them here. Uh, I can't side with the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have surprised me a little bit more than I thought they were going to in the first couple weeks. I'm going to still go with the Ravens, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be closer than we think. But I do think that the Ravens have uh, have now J.K. Dobbins this week. I think that's, that's a big huge. part of the running a, game. That's a huge part they of their need team. Need to get that going, but their their passing game has looked unreal as well. And Patriots offense has looked eh. Yeah, their defense needs to bounce back as well. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens here as well. What do you got? Saints, Panthers. Ooh. So, Cobe Cobe really likes the Panthers in this one. He does. I I can't say I like the Panthers in this one. I think that the Saints' offense is way too high-powered. Is Alvin Kamara playing? Yes, he's expected to play. Okay, so he's going to play. They already have Olave. They have Thomas. They have Landry. And I just feel like this offense is way too high-powered to get stopped by a mediocre Carolina defense. I'm going to go Saints. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's just like I, I've been high on the Panthers this season. I've said that the Panthers are better than the Saints, and so far I haven't seen it. I mean, they, they've just been looked terrible. They don't get the ball to Christian McCaffrey enough. Maybe that changes today, but until I see it with my eyes, um, not that Jameis really impressed me last week against the Pucks defense, but... Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with the Saints here as well. Um, yeah, Joey, I, I would say I'm okay high on the Panthers, but um, usually like we wouldn't be they, shocked if they won this game, right? But the Panthers usually play the Saints well. Um, Jameis Winston's still battling an injury; he's expected to play today. Uh, but I'm gonna have to say the Saints. I think they just have more firepower. Well, they look better with uh, Taysom Hill quarterback anyway. So, all right, ready for this barn burner? Houston Texans at Chicago Bears. Flip a coin. Give me the Bears. Give me the Bears. I like Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields. I do. Uh, go Bears. Uh, I feel like this is a game I got to go split, and I'm definitely going to get the L on this one, but give me the Texans. I got to make Ooh. some ground here somewhere. Ooh. You do. I like I got to go big. I got to go big. I got to go home. You have no choice. I'm down like six week, two weeks in. I got I to start get, doing something. You have something no choice. Yeah. yeah. I might have to ask Siri to flip a coin for me. Um, but... If I had to take somebody, probably the Texans. Okay, that's it's. I mean, it's a, it's it's coin toss. <laughs> um, let's see, Chiefs at Colts. Now this is an interesting game for me because you, I do know how bad bad the Colts need to win. Um, but I think what I think what I'll say with that is I think the Colts cover. Uh, I don't think they win. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, if we talk about the team that's looked the best so far, being the Bills, I think that the the Chiefs have looked the second best, in my opinion. They look pretty good. Patrick Holmes is getting everybody involved. 
Um, and I think the Chiefs won this game. Uh, Chiefs in a clean sweep for me. Um, we got an NFC East matchup. The Eagles at the Commanders. I don't even think this one's even remotely close. Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz is, is anywhere near MVP Carson Wentz. I think they're making things work in Washington. I still don't think they're uh, an elite team. I mean, and even if they were a good team, the Eagles are a great team. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, and they have every weapon that you could possibly think of. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. Yeah, I think if the Eagles running game wasn't so efficient in the first couple weeks of the season and Jalen Hurts didn't come out and absolutely amaze me like he has, I might be able to go with the commanders here because, to be honest with you, they've looked really good, um, better than I thought that they were going to look in the first couple weeks. Carson Wentz has looked pretty good. Um, I'm still going to go with the Eagles here. I can't do it. I'm also going to go with the Eagles. I think Carson Wentz is due for a dud. Um, Philadelphia Eagles had a nice uh, bounce back on defense last week against the Vikings. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, I don't. The only thing I'll say, though, is you can never judge the Vikings with Kirk Cousins on any primetime game because they always suck. Right. That's fair. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Titans in Tennessee. I got to go with the Raiders on this one. I, 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 both teams are desperate for a win. But what team has way more upside to get a win? The Raiders. Um, where are they, Kobe? Uh, they're in Tennessee. I still think I'm going to go with uh, the Raiders in Nashville. Uh, I, I think that Derek Carr's too much of a winner. Um, I think that the Titans are not. They don't know what's going on right now. And I don't know. I just I'm scared for the Titans. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm actually kind of on the fence about this one. I'm actually, I want to say Raiders, but last week I did it and they lost again. They disappointed me again. So I, I don't want to do it again and have them disappoint me again. Fair enough, dude. I think I think that, you know, Derrick Henry has to have a breakout game at some point. I don't think he just goes quiet this whole season. And I think this, this Raiders defense is a team that he can do it against. I'm going to go with the Titans. I'm going to have to go with the Raiders. I think this is my strongest um, read of this week. Um, I, I think the Raiders have a really good um, set of weapons. Josh Jacob. Oh, come on. Yeah, is dude. is expected to play. He has an illness. He took a uh, plane separate from the team, but I think he's going to play today. Um, so I'm going to go with the Raiders. And now we're at the 4 o'clock slate. The Jaguars traveling to the Chargers. So is, is Herbert going to play or what? So the spin on Herbert is he's got the chance to play. He's pushing to play. Uh, he wants to take pain-killing injections. I'm not sure if that's a, the best idea. Neither do the medical staff. He should take the week off, but uh, it's a true game-time decision. I'm going to go Chargers still. Uh, I think the Jaguars are a good team, uh, but I don't think... I, th I still think that the Chargers without Herbert can still pull out a win. I do. Chargers for me haven't looked as Super Bowl-ready as I thought they would in the first couple weeks for me. I think if Herbert doesn't start this game. I think Trevor Lawrence, this is his breakout year. He's finally got a couple good receivers. He's finally got his number one in Christian Kirk. A duo on the backfield in James Robinson and Travis Etienne. That can that can do some things. I'm going with the Jags. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's oh, the yeah. week. It's the week. Or, ride or die here. Yeah. Give me the tattoo next week if this week goes awry, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ray, I tend to agree there. Uh, I value QBs pretty high. And if Chase Daniel is there, I think the Chargers are a better team, but if they got Daniel leaving or leading them, I'm gonna have to lean towards the Jags here in this game. No, Def not defensive wise, they don't have; they're not full either. No, they got no, some. I know. 
So that that's another big thing for me as well. Still the Jags. I, st- I don't know. I get where you're coming. It's from. still the Jags. I, still I know. Can't. I know. Every time I, I pick, pick every the time Jags. I pick them, they lose. Every time I don't, they they win. I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead, it's just go. Me. All right, home stretch here. We've got the Atlanta Falcons traveling to the twelve. The Seattle Seahawks. I'm gonna go with the Falcons in this one. I'm not gonna get too crazy into it. Gino, give me the Seahawks. Oh, this man is going. Give me off. the Seahawks. DK Metcalf for 185 today. The 12th man wins. I'm gonna take the Falcons here. <laughs> they look great against the Rams, even though they didn't. Yeah. They came up short. Drake London is having a great season so far. Kyle Pitts, look for him to get more involved with the offense. Next. <laughs> Rams at Cardinals. Rams. Give me the Cardinals. Oh Kyler, they did it they did it last week. Why not do it again? Look I haven't seen enough. Guy. I haven't seen enough from those Rams. A lot of swing games here. I'm going to take the Rams. I was on the Cardinals last Woo! week. They made a miraculous comeback down 20 nothing against the Raiders. Yep. I'm going to take the Rams, though, here. Next. Uh, Packers at Buccaneers. Oh. I actually don't even know where I want to go with this one. Oh, where are they? They're at Buccaneers, you said? At Buccaneers, yes. Uh, Brady always has Rogers, uh, Rogers' number. Uh, I feel like he always has. Brady, you've said it right. You're actually the guy that got me on this train. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Yeah, I can't. I, now that you said that, um, I do think there's an X factor. There's been a silent pickup from the Bucks this week, and it's Cole Beasley. <laughs> give me Cole Beasley and the Bucks today. Uh, give me the Packers here. Um, I think the Buccaneers haven't faced a top-tier offense um, they have a good defense, but I'm, I'm going to take the Packers. Top-tier offense. Next. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a top-tier. Sorry. Uh, 49ers at Broncos Sunday oh. night. Oh. Oh, Jimmy G's back, too? Jimmy G is back. I think this is – I think – I'm going to go 49ers in this one. Jimmy G and the 49ers is the marriage I've always wanted, and it'll be the marriage that I continue to want. Bronco, 49ers. The Broncos are averaging 16 points a game. Which is 24th in the NFL, and they have a 0% red zone completion percentage this season. I say that again 0%. <sighs> I can't do it. I can't take Jimmy G. I, I got to go Broncos. I got it. I'm going to take the Niners here. No Jerry Judy either. Jerry Judy is expected to play. Oh, he is? That's Jerry the, oh, Judy. No, I'm, in. Uh, Pat, uh, Pat Sertain is out. No, he's expected to play as well. No, I got something. For was that the last game? game? Yes, that was the last game. All right, game. here we go. Real quick, real quick. All right, here we go. Expected to play. Leonard Fournette expected to play. Jameis Winston, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, Russell Gage, Brashad Perryman, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis, George Kittle, Randall Cobb, Hayden Hurst, Josh Jacobs. Not expected to play. Christian Watson, Jacoby Myers, Game Time Decisions, Julio Jones, Justin Herbert, and that would be it. Fellas, appreciate that. That was a lot. I'm out of breath. Everybody at home. Week three of the NFL is coming very soon to a couple TVs near you. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, make sure you don't forget you always let the fun days roll.